Hi, it's Liam here from the Early Education Show with a really quick bonus episode, just with some uh, kind of breaking news, I guess, although by the time the actual episode comes out, it won't be that breaking. Um, but I'm here with uh, Martel Menz, who's a, who's a previous guest of the podcast. Martel, thanks so much for joining us uh, to have this really quick chat. My pleasure. Thank you. So, um, Martel, we're here to talk about um, the decision today by Fair Work Australia to throw out the pay equity case that had been um, run by a few unions but led by United Voice on early childhood educator wages. Um, I think we... We've obviously got we've got a full episode coming up on Friday, um, but we won't have time to go into this. I I really wanted to have a quick chat about this with someone, and particularly someone with your expertise and knowledge, Martel, because um, I think this is a really big deal, and I think it'll this is yeah. going to take us a long a while to process. The, these decisions yeah. are always long and complex. We've we've only heard about this a few hours ago, so I think we um, I think the disclaimer here is we this all this is a what in the industry they call a hot take. I think so. This is our very initial reactions to to what this means and I think we should and I, I, I don't want to speak for you Martel but you know I don't, mm. neither of us have, you know, have worked on the case or um, or have had um, you know specific sort of um, uh, buy-in although you, you may have had a little bit of work but mm. um, yep. I, I just wanted yep. to have a chat with you you know um, you know, Martel just just as as an educator yourself and as a really proud union member how, how did it sort of feel getting that news come through today? Um, yeah look thanks a lot Liam um, look it was uh, pretty disappointing um, uh if I can put it in 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 that way, um, I think because we have been running this case um, for a very long time. If we go back to uh, when um, uh, the AEU Victorian branch, along with United Voice, made our joint application, it was like we lodged it back in July of 2013. Wow! So it's been going on for four and a half years. It's been an incredibly um, lengthy. Um, and very complicated matter for the unions. Um, uh, it's also uh, worth mentioning that the other relevant union, the Independent Education Union, also put in its own application at that time in 2013. So both both applications went into the Fair Work Commission. Um, and I guess they've been churning through the mechanics of the, the Fair Work Commission over all those years. Um, and it's, it, it's just been um, a terribly hard slog. Um, there's been a huge amount of work undertaken by all three of those unions uh, uh, with, uh, you know, their, their memberships as well. Um, and it's, it's bitterly disappointing to have this decision handed down today by the full bench of the Fair Work Commission, um, in effect um, dismissing the case, throwing it out of the commission um, and saying uh, the case that we had run um, is uh, in the way that we determined to run it was was uh, basically um, it it was without merit and um, unfortunately on that basis um, no you know there's no finding there's no outcome um, handed down by the commission. Yeah, and I think you know one of the big challenges with Marto and look, and I'll, I'll echo your, your your word disappointment is a, is a really good one. This this sort of felt a bit like a gut punch today. I think mm. the you know the Big Steps campaign, and um, mm. you know I'm a United Voice member. I've been an educator and an early childhood yeah. teacher, so this is you know the union and the campaign I've been most involved with for you know a pretty significant part of my career mm-hmm. um, has always been really challenging. So because you know the the government doesn't directly employ the the educators, so running mm. um, you know a campaign in action um, when there's sort of that. Disconnect. It was always really tricky, but this to me, it, 
I think you know, and, and uh, I've never, I'm never usually accused of being an optimist, but for some reason, this, <laughs> this, this case, you know, it seemed, you know, uh-huh. this was going to, you know, this was going to, to, to Fair Work Australia it was being run, particularly, um, you know, along the lines of this is a real gender issue that the, the that due to, um, you know, the sector being 97% female, that the low wages have to be related to that. So I think right. in my head, I'd kind of assume this was a bit of a no-brainer, and that at least something positive would. Would come out of it. So for them to 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 uh, to get the news today was a bit was a bit um, was a bit disheartening and a bit disappointing. Mm. But one of the, the huge mm. challenges is how complex and complicated this is. So right. um, you know, Martel, it'd be great to get your view. And so um, it, it, it well, how it sounds to me is that it's kind of it's not so much that they've they've reached that they've they've said no to the case. It's almost that mm. we actually don't think the case is even worth hearing. Is that kind of right? Um, yes and no. So um, I would characterise it as it was an incredibly um, technical case to run. So the way that an equal remuneration order uh, application works is that you've got to um, – the applicants have to meet some threshold uh, issues, some preliminary questions to even get a case up and running. Um, and I think it's those very technical aspects that um, are, are very difficult to communicate uh, with the sector about as, as, as hard as we all try to do that. It's, it's very hard to put it in terms and in language that um, – is easy to uh, understand and appreciate what's sort of going on in that really technical um, mechanistic sort of way at the Fair Work Commission. So um, if I can just maybe take people through what those threshold uh, criteria were, it might help kind of unpack the complexities of the case. That would be great. Um, Yeah. So to make an equal remuneration order, the Commission has to be – satisfied on three criteria. So the first is that the two groups that you're comparing must perform work of equal or comparable value. Secondly, they must be of opposite gender, and that's where we get that, um, uh, you know, the, the layer of gender come into question. And thirdly, they must be unequally remunerated. So the case that we ran, um, United Voice and the AEU Victoria, uh, was um, drawing a connection bet- between the Children's Services Award and the Manufacturing Award. Now, this wasn't just a random decision. We didn't, we, you know, it, it, I know I've seen the commentary uh, on many forums where people are just uh, a little bit bewildered by why on earth would we um, compare ourselves and the work that we do with, um, you know, metal trades or manufacturing workers? <laughs> How bizarre is that? Um, there was very good reason we uh, choose chose that comparator. Um, first of all, it is a very much, you know, uh, a male-dominated um, uh, sector and industry. Um, there is unequal remuneration. We know there are some really um, significant pay gaps in typically what those workers are paid compared to our Cert 3 and Diploma educators. Um, uh, and... Uh, we, sh- we have a view that, you know, folk in that sector, they, uh, they're required at different um, levels on their structure to have a Certificate 3 or a Diploma Qualification, just as um, our childcare educators are required to hold. Um, so we, we, we believe that, in actual fact, we were establishing um, a really clear connection um, uh, on those criteria, but we were also relying very much on a case from 2005, uh, whereby 
um, a connection at that point in time uh, was drawn and there was a case uh, run, not this exact type of case, but a a similar case, if you like, um, 13 years ago, uh, that drew that nexus or that connection um, between metal trades and childcare educators. Now, that case was run a little bit differently. Um, In actual fact, uh, whilst we ended up with award rates which were identical for the Cert 3 and the diploma levels in each of those industries, it wasn't run as a work value case. So where we have... Um, come up uh, uh, with some challenges in this current case is what the Commission have said to us today in their decision is their view is that um, a work value case would have been the way to go. Uh, We could have uh, perhaps uh, run it in that direction, uh, which we uh, uh, didn't to the fullest extent. Uh, We made certain decisions along the way um, to, to simply reference that 2005 case because we thought that had real merit. We thought that that was a, a really good place to, um, you know, to underpin the, the, the current day case, but the, the Fair Work Commission, the full bench, um, holds alternative views to that. So what, so that that background and history is really uh, really useful, Martel, and I'm going to show my uh, my the, the extent of my advocacy career by remembering that decision and I think possibly being in some room in Canberra where that was announced and having lots of um, right. lots of celebrations yep. with that. But but I do remember the sort of kicker with that was I think the the increases the government at the time made sure they were phased in over so long a they period were. that yeah. um, yes. it, was, it didn't feel like much of an increase at the time. But that's a, yeah. a whole other discussion. Um, you know, one of the things Martel is in and, you know, I'll uh, – I, I cannot overstate how little I am not an industrial relations lawyer or know anything about this kind of <laughs> stuff. But um, what people, you know, people may have a vague memory of back in 2012 um, with the SACS award, the Social and Community Services yes. award, which was the, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Martel, that was the first mm. significant win under this equity mm. um, argument. And they had an equal, uh, have an equal remuneration <laughs> order uh, that yes. is still in effect from then to now, which was one on those gender lines. Lines. And the the right. and I'm going to try and toss off statistics that may be wrong, but the the the, the gender split there is about ninety tens, about ninety percent of the the, yep. the the SAC sector. We know it's about ninety six, ninety seven percent in early childhood. So it seems uh, very sensible and correct for the unions to run this as a gender, you know, equity case. So I'm. I, I, I'm, I guess it's less of a question than just a statement of confusion. But we, are you? Are you? I'm surprised. I mean, I'm guessing, of course, you're surprised. But are you? What's your reaction to the government? Uh, sorry, the, yeah. the, the Fair Work Commission making that decision. Look, it, yeah, we, we were surprised along the way, and um, uh, I mean, whilst we are disappointed with the decision today. Um, we had indication back uh, last year when there were some preliminary hearings that we were. Um, uh, going to face some some challenges, and I think that's just sort of been confirmed today. But um, uh, your mention of the the Sachs case um, in in Queensland and New South Wales, they were actually run as yes, there was the the gender equity aspect to it, um, absolutely at its core, but they were run as work value cases. So I guess that's oh, right. that, that, that that's a real point of difference um, in a very technical uh, legalistic <laughs> sense. Um, they are. Uh, they, they're, they're different cases to run and uh, we we determined uh, not to run that. We thought that it was sufficient 
sufficient um, to cite the 2005 decision um, and to run with that. And basically what the full bench have come down and, and said today is that relying on that 2005 case alone um, was insufficient because they had to be convinced uh, entirely that that 2005 decision um, was one to base the current day decision on and it just didn't it didn't it didn't stand it didn't hold up sure um so look martel from a really practical point of view and this is really uh obviously we're recording this you know only you know a handful of hours after this 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 has come out so um i'm assuming you know it'll be a few days before we see any sort of formal positions from from the various unions but uh from a practical sense what's what's next are there are there doors left Mm -hmm. open to is, is this the door is shut on this case, so can it be run again and how long, you know, what's kind of the next step after this um, decision? Yeah. Well, um, in terms of, I mean, you're absolutely right in the way you prefaced that is that, yeah, there'll have to be um, obviously uh, further conversations uh, within the unions and between the unions and uh, we would, you know, certainly, as we always have, we'd welcome those um, discussions to be ongoing. Um, The, the, whilst this, um, this application um, has been dismissed. Um, the door, the window, if you like, has not been um, closed entirely. Um, and in actual fact, um, uh, one of the, the final paragraphs of the decision today um, does talk about uh, the um, uh, potential for uh, the applicants to, to lodge a fresh application um, and uh, what is abundantly clear in, in the full bench, bench decision is their view that uh, it would have more uh, merit, more chance of success as a work value case. But that said, you know, those decisions will have to be um, determined by the relevant unions uh, on their merits and uh, under advice um, of people much smarter than I. <laughs> um, so yeah, look, it's 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 not you know we we can't we couldn't I don't think it's fair to say no case closed it's all over uh, we you know we we walk away from it no I think there are still opportunities um, and I, I think I think we also need to have uh, do some very serious thinking and uh, strategizing as unions with our members about, okay, well, if, if, if this case wasn't successful, what other um, uh, options are available to us? And I, and I think that's where I'd reference the, um, the upcoming um, uh, day of uh, action that United Voice uh, have organised on the 27th of March um, uh, involving uh, the closure or, or part closure of, of centres uh, as part of their Big Steps campaigns. So that's a very uh, critical day of action and we'd certainly be uh, encouraging all of their members to, to throw their support behind it because, again, that's that, that part of the, um, you know, we've had the equal remuneration orders and we've been trying to run that, you know, very legal technical case, but it has been complemented by, uh, the work of the, the Big Steps uh, campaign and the members involved in that. So that um, that work must continue and it's another really important mechanism by which to lobby uh, federal government with that fundamental argument that I think it's just so bleeding obvious now that the, uh, the, the funding towards early childhood education and care is is uh, dreadfully insufficient um, and it's the responsibility of the federal government um, to, to stump up, um, to stop, um, you know, 
saying it's someone else's responsibility um, to fund. Uh, you know, we've now got the Lifting the Game report released last week, which is uh, uh, a brilliant piece of independent uh, uh, evidence and points us in that direction that we just we need governments to really um, invest properly into into the uh, early childhood education and care sector. Absolutely. So the battle lost today, unfortunately, but the fight definitely continues and will continue until there's a win. Um, Look, Martel, really appreciate your your time and sort of taking us through this uh, decision today. I know there'll be a lot of discussions uh, coming forward. I was a very poor host at the start and didn't introduce you uh, properly, but for those who don't know you, Martel, you're the Vice President uh, of uh, Early Childhood in uh, the AEU uh, Victoria. Um, you, uh, for those who, um, who, who don't know you, I, I don't know where they've been hiding for the last little while, but, um, where can, <laughs> where, where, where's the best place to feed people to sort of find you online if they want to, um, hear more about what you've got to say? Thanks, Liam. So, um, uh, probably the best place, um, you'll find me is on a Facebook group called Early Childhood Teachers Victoria. Now, whilst it's labelled Victorian teachers, uh, please don't be, um, uh, don't avoid us. We are very, <laughs> in, very inclusive, very welcoming. We'd love to have, uh, uh, colleagues join us from all parts of the profession, um, interstate, overseas, um, come and join the, the wonderful forum that, that is Early Childhood Teachers Victoria. <laughs> and thanks the plug <laughs> it, no i tell you what though I, and this, i'm on the record on the podcast of saying i'm terrified of some of these uh, early childhood educator facebook groups basically you are one of the two groups that are useful fantastic and i i even uh, you even allow me to post in occasionally so uh, that, oh, that's that, that is really for anyone interested in you know particularly early childhood application early childhood education with a shot of uh, social justice and advocacy uh, <laughs> really would recommend getting involved martel thanks very much for your time tonight My pleasure. Thanks so much, Liam, for your support. 